Hi, welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. It is Wednesday, December 27th, and I'm Jessica Steinberg. I am speaking today with political correspondent Tal Schneider and health editor Renee Gertzand. Hi, good to see you both. Good morning, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi there. It is day 82 of the war. The ground operations toll of soldiers killed in Gaza is up to 164, with three more soldiers killed fighting in North Gaza. A delegation of Palestinian Authority officials are heading to Cairo to discuss with Egypt its role in the future of the Gaza Strip. Alongside that, Strategic Affairs Minister Ron Dermer met in Washington with the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan to discuss the ongoing war, including a transition to a different phase of the war that would include improving the humanitarian situation in Gaza, minimizing harm to civilians, and obviously the ongoing efforts to bring home the hostages, as well as planning for the day after the war. We will talk about a Hezbollah rocket hitting a church in Israel's north, and then a rocket that hit a synagogue in the Negev region. We will also discuss concerns about diseases in Gaza spreading to Israel and a Ministry of Health directive for terrorists. All of that after a quick break. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if... What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Okay, so Tal, talk us through this. In sort of a bizarre confluence of incidents, there was a Hezbollah rocket that hit a church in the north, and then a rocket from Hamas hitting a synagogue in the Negev region around the same time. Religious period, holiday period, obviously there's so much tension, and when a religious space is hit, it obviously brings up a lot of different issues. Talk us through what happened and let's see what we what we get to. Right, Jessica, I'll start uh, from from the end. Drew's uh, officers, high-ranking officer, was rushing to save a Christian Israeli who was on his way to um, the St. Mary Greek Orthodox Church in Ikrit, um, and they're, they're bo- both of them were hit by, you know, um, Shia Muslims uh, shooting from over the border in Lebanon. So as you all know, as our listeners probably know, we have a variety of society in Israel. We have, you know, Jews are the majority, but we do have big, big and important groups of Druze, Christians, and Muslims in Israel. So um, nine soldiers actually were wounded in this incident, which means the Hezbollah 
was hitting the church or the church surrounding first. And then when the nine soldiers, among them at least two ranking officers or, or Druze, when they were rushing to save this elderly, they were hit again in the church area. And this is very sad. This is the St. Mary uh, Greek Orthodox Church in Crete, right on the border is an ancient building, a very important one. And, um, you know, um, this is what is going on at the moment. Uh, we do have, you know, when the Hezbollah is shooting at us, it's, um, they're, they're shooting everywhere, uh, including on Israel's minorities societies, some of them are evacuated from the northern border, and others are, uh, you know, are under attack from this uh, from this uh, shooting. So um, again, when the troops arrived to the scene to evacuate him, Hezbollah fired again, and uh, this is part of a of a whole war going on in the northern region. We have more than a dozens of rockets uh, every day, uh, mostly anti tank missiles that are being used against civilians. Uh, they are harder to prepare for. They don't have, you know, the sirens are on, but the, the, the Hezbollah is able to do more direct hits with those type of, of missiles. And uh, I did not visit the region. I have to tell you, we can't visit the region because it's an entire under a military control, all roads are closed, um, all access is, is limited, and uh, we have 100,000 people who are internally displaced, meaning they, they were evacuated from all kibbutzes and cities along the border uh, to hotels all over the country. And uh, obviously, IDF reacts, um, um, responds in, in a... They're targeting Hezbollah sites from which the shooting took place, and you know the entire the entire region is is on on fire. It's uh, very uh, very you know bad. So Tal, there were people at this church, which is in the north. They were there at the time, even though that area has been evacuated. Is it just on the border of the evacuation zone? Is it that it was Christmas and they were there? Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, it is right on the on the border of the, of the zone. Israel did evacuated uh, several miles in. It, it did not evacuate the entire Galil, right? So uh, this place specifically is in in very close to Shomera, uh, Ikrit. It's a very famous village. I don't know to tell you if this person was going for the church because it was Christmas Day, and um, some of the church goers in this region are guardians of of ancient places uh so they are making sure this is not a you know fancy up-to-date church this is a place of uh, worship that is ancient and that is being guarded carefully it's a war zone uh, all over the region and the line crosses some of those places i mean we we we, we sort of have this um internal uh, zone or internal, uh, they call it like evacuation zone. Uh, it's not a straight line, uh, as you can imagine. Um, by the way, the, the, the entire region is a very touristic area at normal times, definitely in the winter, which is all flourishing, but it's empty and uh, evacuated at the moment. No, no shops, no places, no restaurants, uh, completely deserted. Uh, only military people uh, are, are on, on the roads over there. And then, okay, so then we have last night that a Hamas rocket was 
fired over and then ended up hitting a synagogue in the region. What can you tell us about that? Obviously, the timing is ironic. Um, right, Jessica, on the same day, a rocket fired by Palestinian terrorists from Gaza Strip uh, hit a synagogue in the town of Sdot Negev Regional Council. Uh, we saw a video from inside the building where the, uh, you know, the praying hall is, is kind of ruined, um, you know, roof gone and, 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 and the entire hall uh, is in uh, rumbles. But uh, uh, as, as we said, the entire region is evacuated, so there were no people praying at the synagogue and no life um, where, you know, um, no injuries for, for people, right? Uh, it's only it's only a building. Uh, we hope it will be reconstructed. The entire area will be will need a major reconstruction as we know it because, you know, on, on October 7th, so many, um, you know, buildings and, and, and homes were, were torched and ruined. So th- there will be another one in this, um, you know, mass event. Right. They'll make sure to rebuild it. Okay. Thanks for that, Tal. Uh, Renee, turning to you, we had the very unfortunate news of a soldier who died of a fungus that he seems to have gotten while injured and while fighting in Gaza. And you've written a piece about the concerns of diseases in Gaza spreading to Israel. So talk to us a little bit about that. In other words, it's a very porous border. As we know, it's just a couple of kilometers away. Uh, In normal times, this is not generally something that is given a lot of attention to. How are we looking at this right now? Right. So I I took really a deep dive into this whole issue, and I'm going to sort of summarize it briefly here. So as you mentioned, Jessica, unfortunately, a soldier uh, who was injured in in Gaza, um, he reportedly died of an antimicrobial resistant infection. In this case, it was a fungus that just resisted any type of treatment, including uh, new, you know, special trials from the United States, etc. There are a number of concerns about how disease uh, in Gaza can make its way over the border into Israel because of the war. One is these antimicrobial resistant infections. They can be bacterial, they can be fungi, they can be parasites. And uh, in this in in what what doctors are worried about is uh as you mentioned soldiers being seriously wounded having open wounds lying in the dirt and the mud in Gaza and these uh these microbes getting into the injuries and then being resistant to to treatment so that's one issue that is a major concern another is um the outbreak of diseases among Gazans. We have currently, uh, according to information from the World Health Organization and the UN, we've got 1.9 million internally displaced Gazans who have moved southward. Um, They're living in squalid, crowded conditions. Uh, And now during the winter, we have to worry about uh, rain and, you know, horrible mud and things like that. They have almost non-existent hygiene. Uh, there is severe food insecurity, and this is all a breeding ground for for illness. We're seeing gastrointestinal diseases. Uh, there's an outbreak of that. There is an outbreak of respiratory infections like COVID, RSV, and flu. 
Uh, there's also an uptick in meningitis and hepatitis among the Gazans. There are also um, scabies, which is uh, sort of body lice. There's head lice. There's chicken pox, all different skin rashes. So Israeli doctors are concerned that those who, that are communicable, uh, especially the respiratory infections, can come over the border via soldiers who are uh, who are and and hostages who who return return home, um, and the the public health officials I spoke to said that we have to be both the civilian health care system and the uh, IDF has to be ready to handle all of this and. Uh, what's important to remember is that this just really heightens concerns that existed before the war about how uh, health, public health problems in Gaza do affect Israel. The, this is an ongoing issue, uh, and uh, now it's just it's just uh, uh, these problems are being made worse. Uh, so this is something really to keep keep an eye on and take very seriously. Okay. Thanks for that, Renee. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to this podcast. So I know you care about the war in Israel right now. And you've been reading the headlines. Massacre in Gaza. Genocide perpetrated by Hamas. No, by Israel. But if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know one thing. This stuff seems complicated. And honestly, no one can really just pick a side or decide an opinion without really learning, without really knowing what you're talking about. And that's where this podcast comes in. Check out Unpacking Israeli History, now in its sixth season. They have episodes with topics ranging from what is Hamas anyway, to whether Israel should ransom captured soldiers, and the history of Israel and its disengagement from Gaza in 2005. Unpacking Israeli history cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay. So, Renee, sticking with you, uh, the health ministry issued protocols this week about the medical treatment for of terrorists detained in Gaza since October 7th and then held in Israel. Talk to us a little bit about that as well. What are we really looking at here? Coincidentally or not, these uh, Ministry of Health or Health Ministry directives came uh, on a day when uh, several detainees, uh, Palestinian detainees, died in uh, custody here in Israel. Um, they, By the way, the document issued by the health ministry calls them illegal combatants, and that's a to, to legally distinguish them from prisoners of war, whose treatment is governed by the Geneva Conventions. So, just going back to October seventh and the and the the days after that, there was a lot of confusion, uh, and every you know any injured person was being rushed to Israeli civilian hospitals. And when it was discovered that some of the terrorists, the injured terrorists, were being brought in, there was a real brouhaha. Uh, the the 
uh, Israeli patients, their families, much of the medical staff was very angry about this. They didn't think that they should have to treat the terrorists. Um, so they were, uh, the health ministry directed, uh, sent uh, a message out that uh, all terrorists uh, needing treatment should be dealt with by the IDF or the uh, prison services. Um, and that's basically what happened. There have been a few terrorists that sort of slipped through the system. But to, 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 to sort of solidify the directions, these directive, directives came out last week. And among them, uh, and they're, by the way, for a place called Steteman, which is an IDF base near Beersheba, where the medical care of the terrorists is being given. Uh, the among the directives is that um, there uh, they must be blinded and cuffed during the treatment unless the treatment absolutely requires otherwise. Uh, medical staff must not give their personal identification information. They can't identify themselves by name, only by medical profession and specialty. Um, a terrorist who, who does need uh, advanced care that can't be given at Steteman may be transferred to a civilian hospital, but with uh, a lot of uh, security coordination and permissions. And treatment can actually be forced on a, a terrorist if they are refusing it. Um, of course, ethics should be considered. If there's time, the doctor should should uh, do uh, medical ethics consultations, but generally medical treatment can be forced. So uh, the idea here was to create uh, some guidelines and to clear up any confusion about how this should be handled. Wow, that is a very precarious kind of situation to have to deal with. Okay, thanks for walking us through it. Thank you very much, Renee and Tal, for being with me today on the on the Daily Briefing. It's been good to see your faces. Thank you. Thank you. We will be back tomorrow with another Daily Briefing. This episode is produced by the Podwaves. If you have comments about this or any other episodes, always feel free to drop us a line, podcast at timesofisrael.com. And of course, feel free to recommend us wherever you find your podcasts. Until next time, take care and be well. <laughs>